Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Origin Maine. Love their products. Jocko, man. He's got the Jocko Cold War. Take those every single day. It helps keep that immune system strong. It's got the vitamin D. It's got zinc. It's got everything you need in there. They got their Jocko Discipline. Their Jocko Mulk. Take that as the post-workout. Plus, they got awesome clothing. Check them out. 15% off. Use the promo code SHMO at originmain.com. It's 15% off. Check it out. Great post-holiday gifts. This episode is also brought to you by Egg Weights. Egg Weights are the only hand weights in the world that conform to your body's natural motion. They're amazing. They have these one-pound sets, these two-pound sets, all the way up to five-pound sets. They're great for boxing, running, hiking, any type of training. You put these things into your hands. They mold. They have these little covers that go over the uh, the middle fingers. They go right into your hands. I mean, it's just perfect. It just adds to everything you do. They come with these like nifty little cases. Egg weights. Use the promo code SHMO10 at eggweights.com to get 10% off. Let's start the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Schmo Zone podcast. This is episode number 48, the final episode of 2020. I'm Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen E. Sports. Helen. Almost 2021. Almost 2021. Here it is. We're a couple days away. Big New Year's plans do we have? Eating food? Eating food. Staying Frozen inside. custard? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, actually. Ooh, I was just thinking, we had some good cake last night. Yes, it was uh, your sister's birthday, early birthday. She was in town, spent a lot with of- my nephew. Spent a lot of time with Helen's family over the I past know. few Thank days. Thank you. You're the best. Yeah. I love you. Uh, that's not what you were saying 45 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, I was saying, I love you a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, except I will admit, I suck at Pictionary. You suck at Pictionary. I bought that game, and I wish I could return it. N no one in the Yi household was <laughs> able to beat this guy in chess also. I That's didn't lose true. in chess. Now I'm thinking, how did I beat you months ago? Or wasn't it beginning of the pandemic, and then I beat you a few times? And then after that, you've never lost. You beat my whole family and me. And then now it's like that psychological warfare where if I play you again, it's like you have that aura around you now because you've been unbeaten for so long that it's almost like you you get afraid to play against you. Now. You're on it. It's that psychological warfare, that mental warfare. It's when you did beat me at the beginning of the pandemic, you didn't just beat me once. It was like a couple times in a row I lost yeah. my mojo. 
But uh, it's a game where you it causes you to think. You got to think two, three steps ahead. You got to be a visionary, and uh, you got to take some risks. You got to be patient. And uh, I know patience sometimes isn't your strong suit. That is very true. And that's probably why I'm also a sprinter in swimming. 50 free, 100 free. Hurry, get in, get out, you're done. Yes, and you got some nice uh, swimsuits too, I know, over the holidays. Yes, thank you so much to Arena. I love them. I wore them. I just can't wait to take some photos in them by the pool. Um, Yeah, and then also too, I can't stop looking because this hurts. Yeah. Does it look like it hurts? So, so you get my so skin. Your skin is came like, off on your thumb, but that's yeah. what you get from holding a barbell or uh, in a squat rack. It hurts so or bad. Or you get that from a kettlebell. Even washing the dishes, like I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, it looks really tender and raw, but my hands get really dry over the winter. Look, they're so Ch- wrinkly. Triple antibiotic and a band-aid. Just hold it, cover it. It'll be fine. Okay. Give it, give it because it hurts washing the dishes. Yeah, and you I, know how much I love I, washing I, I dishes. I used to get those all the time. Um, but let's get into it, though. Let's talk about... Let's first announce the Schmo Awards. We're going to announce those next week. But yes. let's tell everybody what those categories are. There are a total of six categories. And here they are. I've been leaving people hanging week to week. The first one's going to be Schmomentum of the Year. Fighter with nice. the Schmomentum of the Year. The second one's going to be the Schmoist Interview of the Year. Wait, so hold on. For those, because this is the first annual... Sorry, my thumb hurts. The, I had a blow on it. The first annual Schmo Awards. So can you explain the categories? Because Schmomentum, is it like Schmomentum, like, you know... They kept winning fights this year, or is it Schmomentum all yeah. of a sudden? You it's, know, it's, it's like it's, what? It's, it's a tribute to that. So Schmomentum of the year is they're having all the momentum. It's They're coming off, obviously, winning streaks, right? They've done a, had an extremely successful 21, and heading into 2021, they have all the momentum on their side. They got all the Schmomentum. So which fighter has the most Schmomentum on their side heading into 2021? So obviously that means that fighter was very active. That means they were that fighter was winning. And their 2021 is in a great position because of the position they put themselves in in 2020. So Schmomentum of the year. Got it. Schmoist interview of the year is that athlete who I interviewed that it just became extremely schmo. Where on camera, from start to finish, that interview, when you look at those interviews, and I think a lot of the people listening and watching this podcast could kind of guess which one or two (laughs) interviews that could be. Well, a lot of them try to be the schmo or get into their schmo voice. I can already think of a lot on the top of my head. Well, I'm talking about just completely like took over the interview and their, like their personality very, okay. outside of, hey, you're fighting this fighter. What's it going to be? What are you eating? What are you preparing for? How are you training? Who would you bring into camp? They were very, They okay. were complete schmo and they took this to another I, level. I think Schmoist I know who interview that of the year. Is. Okay. Now I got the Schmo team of the year. And then this is going to be for a team, for an entire gym, for who stepped up in 2020 and just made a lot of things happen. Because, look, this was a unique year. This was a tough year. And the Schmo will give credit to the gym who uh, pivoted and, and did some unique things. And, again, I will explain why I gave this gym or these individuals this award next week on next week's show. But this is just the criteria to explain it to different people so they have it. it. Um, 
the most schmo performer of the year. Now, this one might be a little unique here. So the most schmo performer of the year is I'm talking about a guy or gal who was most closely related to the schmo being someone that not a lot of people talked about, right? And then they ended up performing. Obviously, they got in the octagon, they got in the cage, and they stepped up. So, and they became a name in this sport and the UFC because I'm is it kind UFC of like fighter. a breakthrough fighter? Yes. Okay. It's kind of like that. It's kind okay. of like that, but I'll get more into but more it as on the, the schmo, schmo. Okay. And I will give everybody their reasoning, the justifications of why this person is. And by the way, what do these awards look like? They are glass. They are. They got Ooh, points. Fancy. They are fancy. They're going to have logos on there. This isn't some cheap award here. Everybody. Well, we this know is legit. whatever the schmo's doing, it ain't cheap. Okay, just right. look at his outfits. Okay, cool. This one's going to be straightforward. Now we're four four awards in. The fifth one, the schmo's fight of the year. That's yeah. pretty straightforward. It's just the schmo's okay. fight of the year. And then, um, okay, so here's the difference. There's the breakthrough schmo of the year. I did see this is why I wanted to explain things. So it's different than most schmo performer of the year. Most schmo performer of the year is literally take a guy from the streets or you would just look at, you wouldn't know he's a UFC fighter. And um, then at the end of the year, oh my God, this guy's a UFC fighter. You're turning from the schmo to the pro. Got, look at oh, it through that type of it. lens. Okay. I don't want Thanks you for speaking to it because then there, the last award is breakthrough schmo of the year. And that is a little bit different. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm glad that you explained it. Yes, and I'll get more into it when I hand out the awards. So Very those creative. are the six criterias for the Schmo Awards. We will get more into that and giving out those trophies next week. Or you could say next year. Get next it? Next year. All right, there it's it is. It's already the 29th. It is already the 29th. So that would be the Schmo Awards. Let's get into some news here. Um, Hamza yeah. Chemayev out the 20th against Leon Edwards? Yeah, undisclosed reasons. Probably an injury. Or COVID, who knows? But uh, Leon Edwards' replacement. I mean, we haven't seen him in over a year. He know he's going he to, needs fight. to fight. And this yeah. fight has fallen through twice now. I know. Well, here's the thing. So, according to like reports, ESPN, it looks like Kevin Holland, and he even told me this in his in in our interview before his last fight. He why he wanted to slap Derek Brunson, just kind of where that animosity came from. So he's actually slated to fight Derek Brunson, five-round main event, UFC fight night on March 20th. But then, here's the thing, since that news about Hamza and that fight falling through, then Kevin Holland on his Twitter, he said, um, in regards to that fight against Derek Brunson, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Leon Edwards needs an opponent and Big Mouth is calling with the telephone emoji. But at 170? When has Big Mouth fought at 170 <laughs> this year? Uh, well, that's the thing. It's that, But what sense does that make? As much as I love Kevin Holland, and I love Kevin Holland. I know you he, love and Kevin he, Holland. And he's a fantastic fighter. Um, it doesn't make any sense for the logjam at the top of that welterweight division. Uh, I was thinking... Off the top of my head, if he is recovered, what about Wonderboy Thompson? 
What about Steven okay. Thompson coming in there? Because he wants a top five fighter. He yeah. wants Leon Edwards. He's coming off of a win. He's proven it. You know, you get a big win over Jeff Neal. He says he wants a top five fighter. He wants a fight that's away from a title shop. If Steven Thompson fights Leon Edwards, winner of that, you argue that's the title shot. That could be a title shot because obviously we have Jorge Masvidal and we have Colby Covington. But that would make sense to me if Steven Wonderboy Thompson is physically ready. I don't know what the medical suspensions were actually. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it allows for enough time, but I'm just saying if health is not a factor, which is the most important factor for all these fights, let's be real. Yes. That's the fight to make. I like that. Yeah. That that's that that's the way to go. But uh man, is this the new Habib Tony Ferguson uh jinx type fight <laughs> booking uh Hamzad and Leon Edwards cuz now we've we've uh, got two cancellations. One on both their ends. Yeah. Third time's the charm. Well, we thought that, and then we thought a fourth time, and then a fifth time, and it just didn't happen. Is this one of those cursed fights? I hope it's not. I hope no, it's not. No, let's not think that way. Come on. No, I, I, I we, won't. We have to think positive. But, like, my thought process is, like, Leon Edwards and Hamza, such a perfect matchup. That if, is. If this doesn't end up happening, and, again, because Hamza's going to 170 and Hamza's fought at 170 and at 185, does Hamza then fight in the middleweight division and not the welterweight division if his next opponent it does not so happen to be Leon Edwards? There's a lot of question marks now. Yeah. There's a lot of question marks because of this. Um... Yeah, I, it's interesting to see because I just don't I, I, I can't see Leon Edwards not fighting on the 20th. I really think they're going to step in and put an opponent headline well, fight. He hasn't fought in over a year. He's got to keep that top three, top four position as a welterweight. He needs to fight. Yeah. And I'm looking at the top five. So Gilbert and Usman, they're fighting. And then basically, yeah, Colby and Jorge. Is that see? That's the thing. If if it's if Wonder Boy Thompson isn't ready, here's my backup plan. I if, because Orhey and Kobe hasn't been booked, even though we all want to see it. I know Co Kobe's always ready. I think Kobe would step in there and fight him. Yeah. I mean, maybe Orhe would too. Yeah. Well, Orhe fought Usman on what six days notice. I mean, Orhe and uh, I mean, Orhe came into Fight Island and saved the show to fight Usman yeah. on short notice before. He's got the history with the three piece in a soda with exactly. Leon Edwards. He can go in there and do the same. So, look, at the end of the day, this is not a terrible thing. If you're the UFC, you got three guys in the top five or in that top mix that Leon could fight, and then you could justify winner of that fight getting the winner of a, a Gilbert Burns and an Usman from any of those guys. Wonder Boy, Kobe, or hey, you can justify it with exactly. any of them. Exactly, and any one of those fights would be great. I mean, those are all great options. Well, anyone who's a fan of the sport would tune in for that fight and would love of to course. see that fight. And and I think it would be a great fight no matter what. I think stylistically it works with all those guys. Oh, speaking of great fights as well, Jan Blahovich, Israel. Israel. So that's basically been confirmed and israel march and israel's stance of not gaining weight of just coming in there not changing anything bring what got you to the dance and use those advantages you know the agility the fight iq that he has you know the movement 
his striking, his precision, you know, how quickly he can get in and out. Um, he's not changing anything. He's not adding weight per se. You know, I don't even know if he's going to have much of a weight cut, if he's going to have to cut weight at all. It's fascinating. And it puts him in such a great position to call so many shots. I know. It does. It really does. He can, the, the, the world is his oyster. The next <laughs> thing we're waking for, waiting for too is also John Jones, right? His heavyweight debut. Which I've also found to be fascinating too. So by the way, what this little segment right here is what we're looking forward to the most here in 2021. Let's just call yeah. that that. Obviously, I want to see John Jones, but the thing is, I don't think a John Jones fight announcement is going to be made till we see Jan Bohovich fight Israel Adesanya. Interesting. Yes. So you think there's a possibility. Say if Israel beats Jan that John doesn't move up to heavyweight? See, I see. there's two fights that need to happen that we're waiting on for John Jones. We need to see Stipe and Francis sure. Ngannou, and we need to see Israel, and we need isn't, to see Jan Blachowicz. Isn't that one rumored to be around March? March, right. Nothing so they're both yet. around March. They're both around March. So it's John Jones has... You know he's got he's got decisions and rightfully so. John Jones is if any fighters earned from their victories and over the time with the company to sit back and wait to see what's next is John Jones. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why it's like oh you move up to heavyweight, okay, fight Derek Lewis, fight Curtis Blades. It's like no, you're gonna fight for a championship belt. That's what he's earned. So he's in a position where it's wait and see. But if you had to pick, if you had to pick between what you would want to see, would you want to see? John Jones fight the winner Steve A and Francis or fight the winner of Ooh. Jan Blahovich and Israel Adesanya. Because Ooh. if Israel doesn't beat Jan, I can see for some reason the John Jones fight against Israel Adesanya not happening in 2021. Wait, I'm not saying if, it wouldn't wait, happen. If Israel if Israel does not beat Jan, for some reason oh. I could see Israel and John not fighting in 2021. Yeah, I, I actually can see that too. But if Jan wins um, does John even have incentive to to get his light heavyweight belt back that he vacated in the first place Wait, for Jan to be the champion? If Jan beats Izzy, yeah. does John want to fight Jan back at light heavyweight, a title that he vacated in the first place? Well, I think he would be more interested in going to heavyweight. I do too. So it, 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 it's all fascinating. Even though, look, I'm not John Jones, so I'm just going But then by. would Israel chase John at heavyweight? Do they fight for well, look, no titles on the line at heavyweight? I don't think that makes any sense. I don't think that would happen either. Well, so there's just a lot at stake here. Yeah, well, there's a lot of options, right? And someone once said, having options is not a bad thing. No, not at all. Um but for you, I just I announced my Schmo Awards. Okay, so now I have to ask you about Helen's. Uh, you're you're <laughs> sweating right now. Is you don't have to give me a, a criteria or anything like that. But who to you in 2020 storylines, athlete wise, what's one fighter or a couple fighters that come to mind? Is maybe it's the best performance, they've most notoriety. What is Helen's most impressive of 2020 in the UFC world? Well, I will first preface this by saying I'm actually recording or filming a an end of the year. Uh, I know it's literally at the tail end of the year, um, like a YouTube video on my channel, Helen backslash Helen Esports. So YouTube.com backslash Helen Esports. So that'll be posted within the next 
day or two. Uh, and I'll be talking more about that because on my Instagram, I had some people ask me questions and I'm just going to choose a couple. And of course, like last year, there's some that definitely are fight related and are also my opinions on who the fight of the year and uh, the fighters of the year are. So I'll be talking about that. But to answer your question, like some performances or fighters that, of course, have stood out. I mean, number one, Kevin Holland, right? Uh, how many times he's fought, just like how he's won his performances, even uh, him in the octagon, just like his whole demeanor, right? What what he brings to the fight, him. Well, he calls himself Big Mouth. He loves talking in well, there. Well, Dana White gave him that name well, and yeah. he's embraced it. But now, yeah, like he loves, you know, calling himself Big Mouth now. So uh, definitely Kevin Holland, um, Hamzat, of course. Uh, also what he's done in a very short amount of time like this year. Um, and then even Joaquin Buckley, right? You think about that crazy knockout that a lot of people ended up editing it into a Mortal Kombat theme. And what's crazy, too, is because you brought up Kevin Holland. I think right before that fight, he had lost to Kevin Holland. I know. So funny how that all works. Everyone's feeding off of their energies. Exactly. Or is it called synergies? Well, I think synergy is or one. To, okay, to, 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 what, whatever. I was okay. just trying to, yeah. So Joaquin, I mean, there's so much just like fight of the year right in Davison. Figueredo. Yeah. And then you think of him, his fight against Brandon Moreno. Uh, obviously, got to give a big shout out, right, to Joanna and the champ, the strawweight champ, Zhang Wei Li, uh, which I can't wait to see when she returns um, and when that will be and also who that will be against because I think recently Dana. We'll get some clarity yeah. on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some clarity get, on that. So stay tuned. Stay to your tuned. YouTube. So, That's so yeah, all I'll say yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be dropping something here pretty soon. We'll leave it at that. Yes. Stay tuned for the Schmoes YouTube. Uh, we'll have a good end of year present in store for everybody as well. Absolutely. So, so yeah. we'll get that set up. And speaking of end of the year present, you know, one thing we haven't even touched on yet, but we're about to touch on with today's guest, the one and only. AKA's Javier Mendez, yes. who's also the head coach of DC, Kane Velasquez, um, your favorite, Luke Rockhold. My favorite. Your favorite. Uh, and then obviously. He, he told me he loves you. Yeah, we love Luke Rockhold. <laughs> and is um, Islam, does he coach Islam a little bit? Islam Umar. Umar. And Habib. obviously Habib. And that we're going to get right into that because there's going to be a big meeting with Habib and Dana White a couple weeks from now. Habib, I think, told local outlets in Russia, or our local outlet in Russia, apologize if I don't know the name off the top of my head, but he thinks that uh, the lightweight title, a vacant lightweight title, he was surprised it's not vacated by now because he's retired, uh, should be between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Let's ask Coach about that, Coach Javier Mendez. Yes. So let's just bring him on. I know he's on the other side of the world. 12 we, hours ahead. 12 hours ahead. It's the middle of the night for him. He's probably going to do some room service. If I were to guess, let's bring on the one and only Javier Mendez. Thanks for having me. All the way from the Middle East. You never left from when we saw you in Abu Dhabi. Are you in Dubai right now? Yes, I'm in Dubai. Uh, I've been in Dubai 
since Abu Dhabi. Well, actually, no, I went uh, one week to Uzbekistan with Habib, and then I came back to to to, to uh, Dubai, and I've been here ever since. It seems like the entire conversation, the MMA world, is shifting towards your part of the world because Habib recently came out and talked about how the winner of Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor should be for a vacant lightweight title belt. Did that surprise you? Did you share those same sentiments? Is there merit to that? Uh, well, you know, we never discussed anything. He never told me he was going to retire. I never knew he was going to retire. And uh, we didn't talk about it. You know, I just looked, okay, if you're retired, you're retired. If you're not, you're not. I'm with you no matter what. So if he says, coach, let's get training, we'll get training. If he says, uh, you know, let's train the guys, which is what we're doing, we're training the guys. So I never discussed, uh, uh, are you really retired with him? So I really can't say, yes, he's retired or no, he's not retired because I never really had that conversation with him. And I'm actually not going to have that conversation with him. As far as I'm concerned, you know, right now we're focusing on his guys that he wants me to help him with. And uh, that's what we're doing, you know. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll find out, right? Him and Dana, uh, they keep talking about they're going to have a meeting, right? And then uh, we'll see what happens from there. So uh, come fight time, uh, you know, let's face it. If, in fact, he's not coming back, and we know that for a fact, and I don't know that, but if, in fact, he's not, then the rightful person that should be fighting for the title is Dustin against anybody. So to me, they got one of the right persons in there, and Connor would be the second right one. Or it could be Justin Gagey could be the, the next guy, or it could be Michael Chandler. It doesn't matter. With, or Oliveris, right? What matters is that Dustin is in the title hunt because he's the one, in my opinion, that's most deserving of, of, a, of a title shot. Well said. And that actually leads to my other point. You brought it up about Dana White. There's this big meeting that's going down between Dana and Habib in the upcoming weeks. I guess my question to you is, if he is retired, what does Dana White have to do to convince him to unretire? Man, I don't know because we never talked about it. But, you know, I can only tell you this, uh, that his father... His vision was for Habib to fight GSP, retire at 30 and 0. So if Dana has anything to do with anything that isn't a boatload of money, because I don't believe that's going to be the case, I believe it, it will be something to the effect that something of very much interest to him. So maybe it's the GSP fight. I don't know. I'm guessing, you know. But you know, uh, if for, in order for that to happen, obviously, you know, he'd have to go to the number one person that he promised he'd retire and that would be his mother not me because i'm on board for whatever he wants to do so he'd have to clear it with his mother before he decides to do anything but what those two are going to talk about i have no idea uh i can only go by what i've been seeing in the media and you know he's what he's been saying you know so uh when when have we known him not to do what he's been saying i mean i don't know i, I can't recall the time he said something and he didn't mean it well, I'm curious to know, did you see uh, the photo that GSP posted on his Instagram yesterday? Because it's getting some people like speculating because he's in such great shape, even though I know he's normally always in good shape year round. Yeah, you know, the thing is, uh, George is always in great shape. He's a true martial artist. 
Uh, Habib's always in good shape. He's a true martial artist. So it's hard to say. We can make what we want of that, you know. We can say, well, Habib's father wanted that fight to happen, and and I know Habib wanted that fight to happen, but who knows, you know. Since I never had that conversation with him, I really can't say I know anything other than I can speculate, and speculation would be that if he does do it, it had to be for GSP, and it would have to be with his mother's permission, not coach's permission, not not fighter's permission, nobody's permission but mother's permission. That's and and he has to want it too, and and I don't know that he wants it or he doesn't want it because we've never discussed it, and um, this is not something I'm going to bring up to him. If he brings it up to me, then I'll give him my opinion, and uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But as of yet, he's never discussed why he. Re- uh, decided to make the retirement speech. So he's never officially told me, Coach, I'm done. He's never officially told me that. And from your opinion and where he's at now, he's beaten the who's who and everybody he's need to be in the lightweight division. He has nothing to prove. He's the king of that division. And if he is to come back, if he does have that one more fight left, you think that appropriate person is GSP or another big name, super name out there as his coach? Well, as his coach, for me, if he if he does want someone, it would have to be GSP in my opinion because he's he's not about the money. So so the biggest money obviously uh, it's probably Connor, but the biggest legacy and the biggest one his father wanted was was uh, GSP. And coach, we've spoken a bit about before uh, Tony Ferguson. You also just brought up Charles Oliveria. I'm just curious to kind of get your thoughts on Charles' performance and win over Tony, and where do you think that Tony should go from here? Well, you know, I didn't see the fight, and I didn't know what kind of Tony showed up. I was concerned that, uh, you know, how he would show up. I was hoping he'd come back stronger, uh, but apparently he didn't come prepared like he needed to be. So I don't know if Tony needs some time off. You know, or I don't know. I don't really know. I know he's a true warrior. I I, I know he's a fighter through and through. Um, So I really can't make any uh, prediction on on what he should do because I didn't see the fight. Uh, What I read was that he didn't do so well on the ground and he didn't do so well, period. I, I noticed that he didn't have his normal coaching with him. And for me, there's always a sign of a break when you don't have a, a solid uh, background behind your coach, you know, and uh, I, I, for me, I, I've never seen uh, fighters be successful without having that, that one person that they guided them, like one person or the two people that they had trust in, in that fighter and, and that fighter felt comfortable with them. Um, I didn't see it on the, on the, on, on the, uh, you know, the embedded on this one. So I don't really know. I'm not sure. Coach, I wanted to ask you about one of your other pupils, uh, future Hall of Famer, Daniel Cormier, one of the best to ever do it. He came out a few yeah. days ago and, and talked about how he was never the same guy after he had that back surgery in 2018 after the, yeah. the Derek Lewis fight and everything. And obviously he's yeah. fought since. He had the Stipe success. He's had the yeah. trilogy fight. And you've yeah. been pretty vocal on that subject before as well. I just was curious to get your thoughts on on him coming out with that okay. statement. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Is <laughs> that you. your pizza? I, no, I had so, not oh. another. They ordered another one and they forgot. You guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. No worries. I had, I, I you know, I, I, you can see. Look what I had. 
Oh, wow. Wow. Dang. That looks Don't good. Hey, <laughs> it's the midnight snacking. <laughs> yeah, it is, I know. It is 12.05 a.m. local time for you. It's all yeah, good. Yeah. We greatly appreciate your time. Yes. Okay, so going back to what I was saying, your star pupil, the future Hall of Famer, DC, Daniel Cormier, a few days ago, I think he came out saying how he wasn't the same fighter and to, after 2018, after the back surgery, after the Derek Lewis fight. And I know that's something you've talked about before, and obviously he's had the success. He's had the trilogy with Stipe Mailchich. I was curious to get your thoughts on on DC coming out with that statement and with everything that you felt over this subject over the past few years. Well, you know, being that we've been in touch with DC, we've seen them with monitor his progress and his decline a little bit. Uh, 100% after the surgery was never the same. A true surgery and age i'm sorry but in all fairness we still felt he was good enough to to maintain that title we still felt he could have still kept that title but we knew he slowed down 100 percent. we knew he wasn't the same I mean, we, we see him day in day out we know what he's all about we know what he could do and we knew that he he, he lost the step yes he 100 percent did now was it due to the back injury partially was it due to age partially so i say a combination of both i mean you know, it's like everybody says, you know, the older you get, the slower you get, you know, and um, the one thing that doesn't leave is the power. But we felt he was still good enough to to retain the title. But we definitely saw him never the same after the back surgery and age slowed them down for sure. One hundred percent. Looking at the uh, upcoming card, because I know, again, we also spoke about Umar last time at UFC 254. He wasn't able to fight. So he'll be fighting at UFC 257, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, correct. good. Uh, Everything's yeah. too, but he broke his nose, I heard. Oh, wow. Um, so how how is Umar looking in this camp? And most importantly, how is he feeling, especially after everything that happened back in October? Uh, you know, he, he's feeling good. He's not discouraged whatsoever. Um, Habib just sent me a training video of him sparring. He looked really sharp, really, really relaxed. Uh, you know, I will be seeing Umar on January 5th, and I'll know more then, but I haven't seen him in a month. But uh, up to that point, when I when he was here, I was training him, and he was looking really sharp. I haven't seen him in a month, though, but he, but I did see the video of his sparring. Habib sends me video, and he looked really sharp, very, very sharp. So uh, the people are going to get uh, a different view of a different, uh, of a different uh, version of, of, the, of the Eagle Clan. Awesome. And I'm sure they're super excited. And of course, UFC 257, we spoke about Connor versus Dustin. Just wanted to get your prediction on how you see that fight playing out. Um, I favor Connor because he's the, the, the better precision striker. And, and uh, taking Connor to the ground is going to be no easy task for, for Dustin. So Dustin's going to have to grit it out, get inside and, and uh, grind it out if he's able to. And, and uh, you know, anything's possible. They're both world-class athletes, but uh, I, I definitely favor Connor because of the striking aspect. He's a, he's a master striker in the, in the lightweight division. So uh, I favor Connor, but uh, I'm not counting Dustin out by any means. And we know you've been in the Middle East since we last saw you. The last time we were at Fight Island a few months ago, you're one of the few people that have had the COVID 
vaccine. You've had a couple of these shots in the arm. How do you feel? What's life like uh, with this vaccine? Um, didn't feel anything when I got it. Didn't feel anything after. Uh, but mentally, very, 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 very confident. Very, I feel very good. I'm not catching it. You know, I, 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 my immune system for, for the vaccine that I've taken is, is, is went up above normal. So um, the likelihood of me catching COVID-19, I could catch another form of flu, but I'm not catching COVID-19, not anytime soon. And what's like life like over there? Because you obviously know what it's like being in California when you were here with the lockdowns, the shutdowns and going crazy. Do they have this thing kind of on... Uh, in their palm of the hands, they they have the control of where you're at right now in the Middle East. Uh, things are good there. What's the way of way of life like? Well, they have they have this uh, this a uh, program app that you have to sign up on it, and you put all your input. So they'll they'll know where you're at if you sign up for it. And eventually, I don't have a UAE number, so I don't have that app. So they don't have any tracking on me. But 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 if I had a UAE number, I would put it in there and then they would be able to track me and it would tell them that I'm clean, that I've had the vaccination and I'm good to go. But if, since I don't have that, uh, I'll probably have to get a swab test, the nose test, you know, to make sure that I'm clean. If I go between here and uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, they won't let you just cross over. You have to have a, uh, you have to have a test done. And uh, I'm assuming because I do not have it on my phone that uh, I'm going to have to do that which is no big deal. It's, you know, it's, it's normal over here. So what has life kind of been like for you since you haven't returned home or returned back to the States? Uh, you've been there. I saw, I believe like December 22nd, you posted a photo with a Falcon on your arm. And yeah. every time, every time you post about food, I'm like, damn, that looks freaking good. It's a lot of food. Yeah. I we we went falcon training with, with with one of the one of the family members, and it was an experience, man. The, those guys, that that's a love, that's a love, and you have to appreciate what they do to train these falcons. How how early in the morning they get, how each falcon is treated, you know, how loved they are, and how how they love this this particular uh, sport that they do, you know, uh, and then how crazy they drive through the desert. When uh, they're out in the hunt, you know, it's crazy. It's just, it's, it's hard to explain. You'd have to be there to, to, to experience, you know, the, the, the beauty of it and the, and the culture of, of what they're all about. It, it was a beautiful experience. I'm glad I experienced it. And those hawks are fast, man. Falcons, sorry. Those falcons are so fast, unbelievably fast and beautiful. Well, Coach, uh, we really, really appreciate your time. Uh, I know it's late by you. We're going to see you in a couple of weeks. I can't wait for that Mediterranean food and to reconnect. And we really appreciate your time coming in the Schmozone podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. No, thanks for having me, you guys. No problem. My pizza's cold, but it's okay. Cold pizza is still good pizza. That's what I tell Helen all the time. Cold pizza is good pizza. You just have to put some French fries on it. I had that yesterday. (laughs) It's the best. It's my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, coach. Take care. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Coach Javier Mendez. I know. He's always great to talk to and catch up with. 
You know, we saw him a couple of months ago, yes. and I was just shocked that he never left. You know, it's Christmas, know. it's holiday times. It's already almost 2021. He's he's dedicated to his craft. Yes, and no great at it. it. No doubt about it. Um, but what was really interesting, too, is how he doesn't have those conversations with Habib about next opponent, about retirement, leaving that up to Dana, and just you know, just putting that off to the side, just being that support system. I find that relationship really unique to their dynamic. Absolutely. And also something that he mentioned, which I thought was interesting, was him saying that Habib never told him, Coach, I'm done. And he confirmed the fight that he wants, which is what all of us fans I want, know, is GSP. Maybe at Allegiant Stadium. But even thinking about it, too, the way I, I phrase the question, is there anything left to prove, you know, cleaning out the lightweight division? Is there been a lightweight fighter that you've always wanted to see Habib fight, aside from Tony Ferguson? Because now with the situation being what it is, I don't know if I could throw his name in the hat just because of... The recent activity now if tony didn't have those fights with gaichi and Oliveira, that's obviously the fight we want to see but is there a lightweight fight out there that would even make sense for him that's not gsp honestly no exactly <laughs> so that's just where we're at so the world knows it he knows that and the one thing i didn't say to him which i think this conversation with habib's going to go towards with dana white my gut feeling, and I didn't want to just assume he would understand that and Javier, and we could talk to him more in person, is I think Habib is really on board with making MMA an Olympic sport. And I think he would seek Dana White's, oh. and he's he's talked about this yes. too in the media recently, I think he would seek uh, Dana White's support to getting this done. And if anyone's going to get it done, it's going to be Dana White, yes. right? So if he gets the push with Dana White and Habib, the star of the sport, uh, you know, the star promoter, the star organization, and you have the star athlete, I think you can get a real push to get MMA as an Olympic sport. That's a great point. And I do know he also has his new promotion, too. Yeah, he's got his new promotion, which obviously they want to use that as a feeder uh, league into um, the UFC. So why not? I'm sure they're going to talk a lot about that. All he's I, being a businessman. I know. Hey, he's done great, obviously, in the octagon and also out of the octagon. Um, but, yeah, these next few weeks will definitely be interesting and in also seeing how that fight at 257, the headline, the main event, that rematch at lightweight uh, between Dustin Poirier, Connor, just how everything's about to shake out, right? between the next few weeks yes and you know the end of next week we will be heading on the plane to fight island and we'll see what life likes over there life is like over there um yeah it's gonna be really exciting times i know any new year resolutions new year resolutions um i'm i've i, I dabbled in this before uh i, I can never do it but uh, i'm gonna try to eliminate like uh meat from the diet not going to oh, go full no. vegan or crap like that. That's not it. And it's the energy levels that I like. It's just an experiment with the diet, but more pescatarian. I can't eliminate eggs, and I like I like yeah. seafood too much. So more that, just trying to eliminate chicken and beef from my diet as long as possible. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'll never eat these ever again. No, no, but like every we've talked about this before. Every single day, I, I, there's a protein on my plate. What is it? It's chicken or beef. Yeah. How could I try to eliminate that or at least make it one or two times a week? Or let's start off 2021 trying to eliminate that. 
Um, but that might be tough, kind of, in Abu Dhabi, too, with the Mediterranean food, Middle Eastern food. Yeah. You've also been juicing. Celery juice. Celery okay. juice. Waking up 16 ounces of celery juice on an empty stomach and don't eat anything for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, the medical medium guy. Something My buddy Jordan drew me to him on Instagram and... Uh, just trying that out. Celery juice cleansing the. St- I know I, I'm not one of those. Uh, oh my god, I got to eat all that organic and all that crazy type of stuff. But I'm all about experimenting to see how the brain functions and the and the and the body feels. And I like that. I like the celery juice on an empty stomach. All I know is those machines are hard to clean. Yes, I know. <laughs> we haven't having difficulties with that. Yeah, the scrubber it comes with. You're like it does not work okay <laughs> <laughs> all right this is the last show of the year episode 48 of the schmo zone podcast Do you have any final thoughts just thank you guys so much for all your continued support again this podcast was uh created right in 2020 so um it's been quite a year to say the least and i know that we both greatly appreciate your support if you haven't picked up a schmo the a the schmo zone uh t-shirt go to www.theschmozone.com there's all also the schmo face mask and face shields which david aka the schmo has been rocking during some of his interviews you see the face shield it's really cool so thank you guys so much for your continued support i promise you there's going to be even bigger even better things coming in 2021 she's not lying and she's wearing a turtleneck that was a great promo by the way good cut right there oh thank you it's the jocko feel courtesy of that yes uh good way to close out 2021 this is the final episode of 2020 the schmo zone podcast we are out. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.